0: Welcome to The Art of Relationships. My name is Tim Milhoff. And I'm Chris Grace. We are so glad to be with you again. We love doing these series where we take a topic and we just take time to unpack some of the complexities of it. And we've been on the topic of gratitude and contentment. And I thought I'd share with you two quotes from two different people. One is a guy named Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton was a towering Christian intellect and theologian. And he wrote, the test of all happiness is gratitude. Mm -hmm. And they compare that with Seneca. First century Roman philosopher who called ingratitude an abomination. So, this idea of gratitude and, and the inverse ingratitude, and boy, that, that does rankle us, Chris. When mm-hmm. Someone we perceive is not grateful mm-hmm. for what they have or what we've done, that really does rankle us. Yeah. Well, we've been talking a lot about this, and you have a useful questionnaire to help uh, our listeners kind of place themselves on the gratitude scale. And so, why don't you work us through these uh, six different questions.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Let's do that. There's a, a, a little uh, six-item questionnaire. Um, is The authors of this, a guy named Mike McCullough, uh, Robert Emmons, and Joanne Sang, um, put together this questionnaire um, if you want. It was back in 2002. They published it in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. And But it, it goes like this. And so, you, our listeners, if you want, you can take this real quickly. And it goes, um, these are the six items and all you have to do is answer... Um, And you can write these down however you want, and and it works like this. So, on a piece of paper, just mark down numbers one through six, and then answer these six questions. And it's about how much do you agree with each statement? So, go like, so number one, uh, you would say, one, if you strongly disagree, two, if you disagree disagree. Three, if you slightly disagree, most listeners are familiar with these Likert scales, four is neutral, right? Then five, you slightly agree, six, you agree, and seven, you strongly agree. Mm. So one is strongly disagree, seven is strongly agree, and four is in the neutral. So here it is. Number one, I have so much in life to be thankful for. So if you agree, strongly agree, you'd put a six, seven is strong, Make sense? Yeah. All right. So, I have so much in life to be thankful for. We'll scale one to seven. Number two, if I had to list everything that I felt grateful for, it would be a very long list. Mm. Okay? Okay. One to seven. Number three, when I look at the world, I don't see much to be grateful for. Mm. And so, if you disagree with that... You'd put a one because you have a lot to be grateful for. But if you agree with that, that you look at the world and you don't see much to be grateful for, you'd put a seven and it means not much to be grateful for. All right. Number four, I am grateful to a wide variety of people. Mm. Number five, as I get older, I find myself more able to appreciate the people, events, and situations that have been part of my life history. Oh,
0: that's a good one.
1: Wow. Okay. Number five. Okay, number 6 then long amounts of time can go by before I feel grateful to something or someone. So one you strongly disagree with that because you do feel grateful oftentimes or 7 you strongly agree with that statement. All right, so now it's a real simple process. You just add up your scores. Um each is worth 7 points. And so the first one, uh, I have so much in life to be thankful for. Uh, add that up to of uh, you know between one and seven and you give your points and we're going to add all of these up with this exception. Number three, you say, when I look at the world, I don't see much to be grateful for. And if you strongly disagree with that and you put a one, then what you're going to do is just give yourself a seven because it's listed negatively and we reverse score that. So number three, whatever score you did, you just simply put the opposite. It goes like this. If you put a one, you give yourself seven points. If you put a two, you give yourself six. If you had a three, you give yourself five. Does that make sense? And so a four stays the same. And then the last question, same way, number six, Long amounts of time can go by before I feel grateful to something or someone, same thing. You give yourself the opposite score uh, in far as points. So if you put a one, you get seven. If you put a two, you actually put down six. And if that all makes sense, then you just add up these scores. Each point, each question is worth seven. Um, and for question number three and question number six, you reverse the score on those. Okay? So now here are the results. So, Tim, here they go. Ready? The results on the score, you can score anywhere between a six and a 42. Wow. All right? Because there are, of course, six questions, seven points possible on each. Six times seven is 42. You get it. So... Here it goes. The answers that people gave in a sample of 1,200 adults scored this way. And there are a lot of different groups that were compared and looked at. But people that scored below a 25 were in the bottom quarter of the sample was those who scored below a 35. If you scored between a 35 and a 37, you scored higher than 25% of the people Hmm. who took it right? A 38 to 40 was you scored higher than 50% of individuals who took the survey. And a 41, you scored higher than 75% of all of these who took the survey. And finally, a 42, uh, you scored among the top 10 to 13% of all the individuals who took the survey. So in this area of taking this survey, it gives you kind of a quick way of looking, how grateful do I feel at times? And so, Tim, some of these questions, there's much to be thankful for. Uh, if you had a list of everything you felt grateful for, it'd be a long list. Um, there are, I'm grateful to a wide variety of people. What do you think when you hear about a questionnaire
0: like this? So, the one that really struck me was the one that said, when I look back on my life, mm-hmm. am, I, am I grateful for the events that have happened? Because, boy, you could see that going one or two ways. One, I'm grateful that I went through that hard time because it kind of made me the person I am. Or I'm bitter because mm-hmm. of it. And... Um, uh, I can look back on disappointments I've had, tough times, and that really is your perception and the decision to see the positive even within the negative. You now, uh, let me brag on one of my sons. He was a, My oldest son was a great basketball player, did really, really well, but had knee issues that basically lost his junior year and senior year because of knee issues. Well, you can imagine the disappointment, legitimately so, right? Uh, But now he has just been accepted to Baylor Physical Therapy School. He's going to pursue his doctorate in physical therapy. And I once asked him, well, why did you choose physical therapy? And he said, well, because I look back at those struggles with my knee, and I think I can help people now. I Mm -hmm. think I know what it's like to go through Mm -hmm. it. I think it will make me a better physical therapist. Mm -hmm. Now, that wasn't magic. That took a long time for a kid who loves basketball and lost his junior and senior year. But then to look back and say, but you know what? I think it's going to make me a more compassionate physical therapist. Mm-hmm. That that's huge in determining whether you're grateful or, or content with life. sir and, and life threw him a curveball, yeah. right? But. But that's the kind of thing maybe we're looking at a little bit. Uh, so Tim, you used an interesting word there. You said it's not magic. It's it's what
1: then? It's it's something that he had to work through, process, pray about, just life circumstances. That's why right. was he able to look back on that when some other people have a kind of <laughs> root of bitterness or they they look back on it and something like that and they think, why me? That's not fair. That's right. You know I, this. You know the, the idea of the cucumber again. People have yeah. grapes. How come I have this? That's right. that's we we right. talked
0: about that study earlier i want to say the influence of a father (laughs) no i want to say it's a combination of things one i think time is important so this is funny um and i've shared this publicly so my son would be fine with it but i remember asking him right after his senior year i mean he has to get another knee operation right and i said to him what do you think god's trying to teach you in this moment and his answer was nothing Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough time. Mm-hmm. I do think perspective comes with time. So now, years, years later, having graduated from bio and going on to grad school, now I think he, there's enough there's enough distance from it mm-hmm. to look back. Uh, so let me let me share this story. Um, my parents struggled in their marriage. It was a, they were married for forty eight years, which is great, but they struggled and it was hard and and so. Now I look back at that and I think, but you know, I think it's made me more sympathetic when I write about marriage, speak about marriage, and it's caused me to appreciate the good times, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know if I would have said that in high school. Mm. So I do think times, that's why I said it's process and not magic. And the worst thing we can do to Christians is to say, but you should be grateful right now. And I think that's pushing them way too quickly. So somebody scores um, medium
1: on this mm. scale. They're, you know, compared to 1,200 you know, adults that have taken this sample and, and this one in particular, they're somewhere in the middle. So one of the things that you would say is, listen, there are times – in which we all find ourselves in disappointment or there's something that has gone on, you know, a stressor in life. Yeah. And maybe it's hard, but as time goes on, there are some things that we can remedy, some ways we can begin to look at things differently. And there's always, I guess, this saying that, you know, there the hope that comes when we look at... Um, what can be or right. the way in w- the ways in which we have moved from earlier things. So even though we're currently struggling maybe in this particular area, yeah. look how faithful you know uh, God has been or my partner has been
0: on these areas. And is that is that one way that you'd get through this? <clears throat> yeah, I had somebody take me through what they call a life map, where you go back as far as you can remember. And then you work through each of the major seasons of your life. So, this would be elementary school, junior high, high school, college, post-college, all that kind of stuff. And you look back and you try to find God's fingerprints. Now, here's what I thought was brilliant about this life map. There are certain things that you just are still in process over. Like, let's say it would be the divorce of your parents, okay? Then you set that aside and circle it. Mm-hmm. You're still working on it. You're still trusting God that he can redeem that somehow. But you're not there yet. I love what C.S. Lewis said. Don't pray what's supposed to be in you, pray what's in you. Mm-hmm. So that life map isn't just revisionist history that God is good all the time and he, mm-hmm. he worked everything for good. <clears throat> I believe he's in the process of doing that, but it's okay to circle certain things and say, hey, especially if we're talking about Evil, mm-hmm. right? If you were molested as a child, if right, if mm-hmm. if, if there was a tragic accident that you you're, uh, you now have a, a chronic pain. Okay, we're not saying whitewash that, circle that, set it aside. Mm-hmm. We're just simply saying don't let those three, four circles dominate the entire life map. We call that tunnel vision, right? I can't see anything but these three or four situations. That's what we're saying, Chris, I think is notice the good Mm -hmm. um, and then keep those circles there and God's working on it. By the way, I love Psalm 73 where um, Asaph is saying, listen, I've got issues with you, God. Mm -hmm. The, The wicked are prospering and we, the just, are not doing well. Mm-hmm. but then he says but you know what I walked into the sanctuary and it was there I saw the goodness of God so oh. we're not we're not saying minimize what's been circled we're saying but don't let the circles dominate your whole perspective when it you, you start to look back on your life
1: mm-hmm. I you know it reminds me too of um, there's so much wisdom to pull back uh, or to to, to go back and look upon and, and and then that pulls aside all of the different things that can influence the way we see the world. I think of, you know, the different Proverbs that have been out there, um, even in Proverbs 15, 15, it talks about all the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Mm, and mm. it's it's something to say, okay, there is something to look forward to. Life hasn't been always perfect Um, But there is something there uh, in the way I might view or interpret or see. And Tim, we've talked in here about, you know, the study, uh, you know, that scar study where someone has perceptions and filters that they see the world through and they see it through hurt and they see it through pain. and. I, I guess what what you're saying then is you circle that, you don't whitewash it, you don't ignore it, but what you do is you begin to see these blessings, these things that you do have in light of this. And God, there's a redeeming quality to yeah, some of this that yeah. can come back and make us or help us see differently, not only maybe the world as we're currently living, but even that particular circumstances,
0: there can be something that comes out of it that could be a blessing. Yeah, I like that, Chris. I I read a book, fascinating book called Suffering and the Search for Meaning by Richard Rice. And he's talking about a a theodicy. A theodicy is just a technical word we use to say, how can I still believe God is good Mm -hmm. and the evil that happens in the world, Mm -hmm. right? Personal tragedy or things like the Las Vegas shooting or a hurricane hits Houston kind of stuff. But how do you make sense of that? We call that a theodicy. This is what he writes about a theodicy. A theodicy is less like emergency surgery than physical therapy. It may not belong in a first aid kit for sufferers, but it does have a place in long-term care. Over the long haul, however, Believers often need something more, a sense of where they are and a reason to keep going. So, mm-hmm. I like that. A theodicy isn't this first aid kit, but it's physical therapy that you keep revisiting over and over and over. So, so, I think gratitude and contentment is, even in the hard times, the suffering, is it possible to go back and say, like Job even though I lost everything, even mm-hmm. though I lost my family, I lost my possessions, I lost all of this, God is still with me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we need to do with ultimate gratitude is to say, you know what, Lord, this life has thrown me some curveballs. And I'm I'm it hurts that I lost my dream of playing basketball. It hurts that my parents' marriage dissolved. It hurts that I have a friend who has experienced um, life-altering tragedy. But even in the midst of it, what spiritual blessings Mm. do I have? And let me just offer one that the New Testament gives. John says this in Revelation, no matter how hard things are, I promise you there's going to be a reunion in heaven Mm. where God is going to wipe away the tears of each individual and death, mourning, crying, pain, suffering will be done with. Yeah. So, so again, that's not a quick fix when you're in the pain. And maybe mm. it's too soon to share something like that. Mm. But long term, I think we need to think, even if everything goes south physically, materially, mm. I still believe in the end I'm going to be with God, yeah, and that kept the New Testament church going, Chris. When it seemed like they didn't have much to be thankful for, they're in the yeah. midst of persecution, but they still retained heaven, and were grateful. Yeah, no, that's I
1: like that. It's really good. You know, we've we've had uh, uh, Johnny Erickson, oh. Erickson Todd here, yeah. who she, you know, there's uh, she, she has written a couple of things. I remember this quote. She says many decades in a wheelchair have taught me to not segregate my Savior from the suffering He allows mm, as though mm, a broken neck or in this case, maybe a broken ankle or heart or home merely happens. And then God shows up after the fact to wrestle something good out of it. No, the God of the Bible is bigger than that, mm, much bigger. Mm, mm. And so there's something To this idea of contentment and gratitude in the midst of suffering, Tim, I think this is what you're saying, too, that we can see and feel and experience just like the early Christians did, that even in the midst of these difficult and trying times, there's a bigger, deeper purpose. I will sometimes be blind to that because of my circumstances, the pain that surrounds me. Um, but resting in this deeper knowledge and understanding that there is something deeper going on. And how do you do that well? And how do we suffer well? And, you know, finding even a person in a relationship, one piece of advice you'd give them, I've heard this is find that person that suffers well, Mm. that person that can deal with this, would deal with hardship and pain. Because guess what? Life is a series of difficult things that we face. And you want to know that the person you're going to spend a lot of time with in life can do this well.
0: So what do you think? Yeah, a good. when a good friend of ours, um, Tim Downs, uh, his daughter, Erin, uh, was diagnosed with leukemia mm-hmm. and went through five years of just these brutal treatments. Mm-hmm. And Tim said to have a partner, uh, a spouse, that they could do it together mm-hmm. and lean on each other. And Tim said, man, there were days I didn't have it. I didn't have it. And uh, there were days she didn't have it, and, but we had each other, and we would lean on each other. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I think you're right. Find a person who has some shoe leather that, has, that you know has gone through some hard times. And again, this, this is my personal philosophy. I, I, I think sometimes we marry too quickly, mm-hmm. uh, too early. I, I think you want to see this person experience some hard times mm-hmm. to know, hey, what, what are you like? When Mm -hmm. the chips are down, Mm -hmm. can I count on you? And Mm -hmm. I think uh, we need to um, give people time to mature and experience life before you hit your wagon to that person's wagon for Mm -hmm. the rest of your life. No,
1: that's good. So, Tim, as we're, we're thinking about this and talking about it, there are just some practical things that you've brought up as far as gratitude and things that we can do. Uh, We've talked about keeping a gratitude journal and every day finding something that you could be thankful for. Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest. Each week. Each week. Keeping uh, even just simply something as simple as... Saying thank you and yeah. and and smiling and acting in a grateful way can begin to lead a person to feel this way.
0: Now, let me make a, a so somebody told us to do this when we we were, we just got married. I'm so glad they said this, and, and I don't know if you guys do this, but they said when you go places, buy a Christmas ornament. Mm. So um, we just went to Yale. You and I just went to mm. Yale, and I actually uh, purchased a, a something from this group called Rivendell that brought us in. So guess what's going to happen? I'm going to forget this pretty quickly, right? I mean, you and I are doing a million things. Well, guess what? When we do that tree, I'm going to put up an ornament from Yale, mm. and I'm going to go, oh, my gosh, mm. what a great experience. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, we've been doing this for 27 years, mm-hmm. me and Noreen. Mm-hmm. And there's things the kids have done, mm-hmm. ornaments that they've made. And so when we're doing this... It gives me a big picture Mm -hmm. of all the cool things we've done that, honestly, I've forgotten about. Mm. And now you just remember them like, oh, yeah, Lithuania. We lived in Lithuania for Mm. a year and met this person Mm -hmm. and that. So, I love that. So... Keep the daily stuff, keep yep. the weekly stuff, but keep the yearly stuff, I think is cool.
1: I And I think that, Tim, that, Tim that's what it means to be more mindful. These are yeah. visual triggers for you. Uh, it's why we celebrate times like Thanksgiving and others that we need to do more of. And it's why in the Old Testament, people would simply have these visual reminders right. because they that's just right. told you, this is something where God yeah. was faithful. This is something I could be grateful for. And what a great reminder of how to
0: do that. And remember that. the Old Testament, interesting passage, Where David, young, young, young David, who's going to go on to become king of Israel with all the headaches that's going to entail. Mm. Do you know when he defeated Goliath, you know what he did? He took Goliath's sword and kept it. But you can imagine when when hard times hit, him being king... And there's a lot of bickering and moaning and groaning about his leadership and all this kind of stuff. He looks at that sword, Goliath's sword, and says, you know what, God? You showed up in the past. But that's a good reminder, I think.
1: It is. And um, one other one we can add there is you can make even an own your vow and and make a vow. Find out where you're at uh, in an area. And and it could be as simple as this. I, I vow or I pledge or I commit to count. To count this one blessing each day, uh, and and it could be a, you could make that commitment and sure. then write it down and then maybe even make it your screen background. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to practice gratitude by writing this one thing and, and and making this vow that I'm going to count my blessing or do this at least once a day and and then you just keep reminding yourself of it. Right? That's a great
0: little way to do it too. I think that's awesome.
1: Well, Tim, it's been great to talk about this idea of gratitude, gratitude and contentment and that notion of. Um, feeling surrounded uh, by not only this sense of his presence, but a contentment and a peace that we have in what we've been given. And it's been fun to talk about this. So even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of hard times, uh, we begin to experience uh, a new sense that he's there and That's part right. of us and what we can what we can do by simply giving thanks and, and gratefulness to him and any final words that you have on this?
0: Hey, in all seriousness, this really is fun to be able to do the Center for Marriage and Relationships with you and do this podcast, man. It is great. It's, yep. a, it's a blessing.
1: And it is a I feel fortunate to have the ability to do this with you, Tim. So, hey, we're grateful to have you guys join us and listen to us. Uh, go to cmr.viola.edu if you're interested in some other things things that we have out there conferences and events
0: and some great blogs as well and, and we uh, have a research paper on what is reverse scoring <laughs> ahead and check that out so you question, hopefully
1: you don't have any questions but go back and re-listen to the podcast if you need help with reverse scoring all right so good to be with y'all all, all right take care